Hello, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening to Above Board with Canderpath. I have myself, John Kennedy, and Matthew Marcoux with us. We do not have the Rich B with us today, so we're going to get weird on finances. Matt, what do you think about that? It's always trouble when you have the two CFPs on the podcast alone. You know we're getting knee-deep in a finance where Rich can like kind of bring us off-topic a little bit in a good way. Um, today, it's we have a sole focus to... Uh, you know, at the beginning of 2022 here to make sure you have all of your finances in order. And if you don't, some great tips and reminders. Again, we're missing the rich B can be found on TikTok or memento to the rich on the gram. Go ahead and hit him up. Check out his content. Uh, we miss him today. And uh, Rich, I know you're listening, buddy. So uh, big, big ups, big shout out to you. Yeah. And he's going to be on the episode with me next week. So actually next week, it's going to be rich myself. Um, interviewing Don Verity, who is the CEO of Clean Eats. And what's kind of cool about this, so this is a good play on words, but like today we're talking about your financial fitness, like building that financial muscle. We're one month into the new year. Let's reprioritize, refocus on maybe some of those New Year's resolutions that we talked about in December going into January. And uh, as a former pro bodybuilder, that's what Don Verity was. I don't know if you know that, Matt. That's a great episode, yeah. but um, former pro bodybuilder, it's a good connection, good play on words here. Uh, you know, financial, uh, building that financial muscle. So well, Matt, we're one well, month in, where are we at? Well, hold on. But while we're promoting shows, it, by the way, John, did you listen to the last one? Rich did a solo because me and you were both out and I, you know, I always listen to our podcast. I'm a fan of what we do. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a listen to riches and the living between the dash when he's talking about the, um, gravestones and the the days you see the beginning and the ending and the well i was i was pumping gas i know exactly where i was as i was listening to that podcast so while we're promoting upcoming i also want to make sure that everyone gives a listen to a previous one um which was just rich alone but man it was it was powerful stuff about living uh you know between the dash that that period of time that you don't see on the gravestone um and uh, that one was eye-opening for me. So I want everyone to go back and listen to that one if you haven't. Um, but yeah, here we are, 2022. Everyone's getting their New Year's resolutions in order, their physical fitness and their goals for the year. And here we are, the two CFPs. We want to talk about some financial goals. Lead us off, John. What should we start off with first? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's been an interesting month of January. There's a lot of, you know, the markets are going all over the place. It's in the news. It's in the headlines right now. I think as we're recording this, you know, uh, the markets are down today, in fact. And it's it's one of the, for me anyway, and Jackie and I were just talking about this. Um, you know, it, it, the thing that keeps coming up in our conversations is is the tail wagging the dog. Like, are we focused on, or are other people focused on what's going on in the news and the market and the headlines? And should we be more focused on like the things we can control, the things we're in charge of in our life? And And, you know, maybe it's a great opportunity. Actually, Matt, I think it is like it's a great opportunity to take a step back, see all the stuff that's going on around us in the news and the world and say like, OK, what were my New Year's resolution goals? And we're mo one month into the year, like let's focus back up on that. The things I can control, the things I can do to build better habits and traits for myself and for our finances. Yeah, everyone wants to come in and, and for their first meetings with us, want to talk about the exciting stuff, stocks and bonds. And, and you know, we oftentimes push that aside and, and we got to make sure the fundamentals are in place. And we've talked about this. If you're a listener of previous shows, you know, the things that we talk about are basic and boring. You know, the first one being organization. How can you know where you're going if you don't know what you got? 
And so, you know, we've talked about in the past looking at some of the free online tools, or if you're working with another certified financial planner, using tools that they might have in their repertoire of, here's how we can organize your finances. Here's how we can know what your employer plans are doing. Here's what we can, here's what we know about where the cash flow is, is going to and from. These are important things to identify because you can't have a plan unless you know what you got. And, and that's probably the first one that I want everyone to spend some time just sitting and thinking. And you could use Excel or you could use, you know, there's free tools out there to be able to start to track, boy, what is it that I actually have and how can I make what I have into a plan? Um, and that's something that people come to us, John. That's, that's generally the first thing we do. So let's, okay, so like break that down. So, you know, talking about building a savings plan, building some good habits, but before we do that, we got to kind of have an idea of where we are currently. So having that financial organization piece, which there's so many, there's so much access to, to apps and different things that help you do that. Uh, some folks I know even prefer to just put that in like a Google sheets or an Excel or even write it down. Like just what does my finances look like and where is money going? Right? Yeah. You have to be able, if we're going to talk about budgeting, which is one of the large topics of finances, before you can even talk about budgeting, you have to know what's coming in and what's going out. And the only way to do that sometimes you're right. Old school's fine in this case, write it on a piece of paper, use, use a spreadsheet of some sort, or for those who are a little more tech savvy, there are a lot of online resources that allow you to, to in real time, in some cases, see, wow, what, what is it that I actually have? And from that point, you can then start to figure out what your budget is. You know, what what is coming in that's generally a finite amount of money. And the only thing you can really control is what's going out. And we can start to build some goals in there. And those goals should be both living for today and living for tomorrow, right? We can't just worry about retirement. We have to worry about any things that might come up in our lives um, in the meantime. And that means having a really good cushion, a really good emergency savings so that you can be there, so that money can be there for when life rears its ugly head at sometimes, and and that AC unit goes out, or that roof needs to be replaced, or uh, that car accident comes through no fault of your own, having a place to go to be able to access capital without having to touch credit. Hey, I'm, and that's a big thing. I'm curious, Matt. So, um, I I think that. Like what, whatever the, whatever the goal is, if it's, if it's savings for an emergency, if it's savings towards retirement, what, or what have you, I mean, in almost every phase of life, we're always saving or growing towards something. I mean, even in retirement, like we have clients that are retired and they're, you know, they're building up their escrow fund to go on a big vacation or, or to do whatever. Um, so I'm kind of curious, what are some of the things that, that either you do in your life or in talking with other uh, with other individuals about financial planning, just some goals and ways to um, build that muscle a little bit of saving. And the reason I asked this is I was listening to a podcast and I wish I could remember which one it was and what episode it was. I can't remember any of it, but the message stuck. And it was like this study that they did of going to folks and saying, uh, I'm making up the numbers now roughly, but it was like, can you save $150 a month? Can you put away $150 a month? And it was this wide percentage of like 80% of people said, you know, answered no. Or like, if you ask me to save an additional 150 from where I'm currently at, that'd be really hard, right? So, so playing field's the same, regardless of where we're at. The question was, can you save an additional 150? And 80% of people said no. And then they said, can you save $5 a day? 
And it was like the over, it was like 70 plus percent of people said, yes, I can save five. I can find a way to save $5 a day. And it's this building of these small little habits. When you look at it from such as grand scale of like, I got to save $150 a month, or I got to save $3,000 a year, that that becomes so difficult and that that becomes so long range. But if you break it down and say like, oh, okay, I got to save $5 a day, I could probably make a handful of better choices or decisions to find a way to save $5 a day. Yeah, yeah. Break it down to small terms. I mean, you know, it's like saying, what's the size of the universe? I, I can't comprehend that in my mind, but I can say the distance from Earth to the sun, I can I can kind of understand what that is. I can see that, right? So it's it's breaking things down in a way that works for you because ultimately this is your finances. And I would say if you're if you're listening to this, you're like, I, I can't even do that. I'm so strapped. Well, are you saving for retirement right now? Well, yeah, I, I participate in my company's 401k. It's free money. It's tax deferred. These are great things in some cases. Maybe stop doing that, right? Why are you saving for tomorrow if you can't afford today? Mm. If that AC breaks, if that you need to get access to capital and you don't have it, what good is saving for retirement? So, you know, that sometimes flies in the face of logic where we say to people, hey, you any free dollars that are coming in right now, step one. You need to have a savings account that you that that's not built in the right way right now. Yeah, um, and so I think it's I think it's looking at it from the problem from a, a number of different angles. And I think back to your John point, John, it's prioritizing what is most important. Right, organization is most important. Having a savings account is second most important. You know, and then you start to build upon that goals that you might have for the year. Yeah. Then, it, then it might be to save for retirement. You know, and and some of those things. So I think you got to prioritize what should be the focus that you have. And, and if you don't have savings, that's where you should go first. And maybe get specific as well. So a lot of folks will say, okay, um, I want financial organization. Well, we kind of identified what that means already. And then they might say, I want to save more, um, you know, or I want to pay off a debt or whatever. And that is great, but we can get more specific. Like, how, you know, what is the number that you feel like will help you move the needle financially? And when I say move the needle, this is, this is a um, this is a compound effect. So I, I read this quote in a book um, by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits, and basically the idea is that small habits don't add up; they compound. And so, creating some of these small habits to have that compounding effect later, and trying to identify, okay, let's get specific. What is the goal? What am I trying to save for? What's the dollar amount I'm trying to hit? How much am I trying to save per year, per per month, per week, per day? And literally break it down. And what I like, okay, so for me, like what I, I we work with clients all the time on cash flow planning and and doing exactly this exercise. Um, but what I really liked about this book, Atomic Habits, is it uses all these other anecdotes that are not financial driven. Um, but it'll say like, if you really want to be a a vivacious reader who enjoys reading and and does all that, well, don't start with self help and nonfiction books that are boring. Like read what something that you would enjoy and want to do, and start with reading one page a day. That's really simple. Like that anybody can, you know, find the time to read one page a day. Um, and then before you know it, over time, that compounding effect of one page a day, you're not going to want to put it down. You're going to say, I'm going to do two or three or four and keep going. And he kind of uses these analogies for like fitness too. It's like uh, if you make the statement that you want to work out, when you come home from work, put on your gym clothes and go to the gym for two minutes. Like, because before you know it, once you're in the, like you're building the habit and you're not making it. Because what do people do? Like January 1st rolls around, you say, I'm going to get, you know, into my fitness and go to the gym. 
and they go to the gym and then they kill themselves for like 60 or 90 minutes and then they're so sore and then they never want to go back and that habit falls off. So the idea of not making it insurmountable and then tying it back to finances is like, let's find a way to save three or five or $8 a day, like whatever the number is, find a, the daily amount and then work into that. I don't know. Maybe that's crazy. Yeah. But. Well, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think, again, people's priorities are, are so off at times. You know, they're focused on what can make them rich quickly. And we've talked about this. Get rich slow. Don't get rich quick. Yeah. And and that's that's really the mindset that everyone should be having is not what can I do with this dollar right now to make it into $3. It's what can I do sometimes to protect my downside. And that's sort of the things that we talk about because the downside and when the downside comes up, when those incidents come up where you don't have something to back yourself up with, that's where we see people coming to us with credit card debt, with with finances that are that are are all messed up. And it was just because some of the simple techniques were not done first. And I think that that's critically important. Um, to, to compound upon yours, John, your comment is the next step is then to have a plan, right? So okay. Matt, we got our savings. We have a financial organization. Now we can actually start planning. Now we can start planning to say, where do we want to be in one year, three year, five years, 10 years down the road? And that kind of full circle to your original question, John, is what gets me excited. So when I look at the Marcuse financial plan, I'm worried, I'm looking at it in three years and I'm looking at it in five years on what we could potentially be at and where our family can grow to. That's what gets me excited about saving today. And I know that those small incremental changes will add up over the long term. And so having a plan is absolutely critical. I, I would say that's what we built our business off of, right, John? Yeah. Well, we, we do have the, I think we have the opportunity of, of perspective and insight and working. We work with a lot of families and we can see the true testament of that, those small habits not just adding up, but compounding. Like we, I think that I, if there was a single message I'd like to deliver, it's, it's that, you know, it's so hard, so hard. I can remember meeting with, with a friend of mine and we were talking about, you know, how much, you know, she could save on a monthly basis and she added it up and she's like, what? That's like a thousand dollars in a year. That's not going to do anything for me in, in 30 years from now. And, and to my reply was like, I, I could see where you would come up with that, but we're trying to develop some of these characteristics and traits that that allow you to be a saver so that when income does increase and when you know a debt is paid off and you've got some margin for adding even more to savings, your default is to do that. So I think we get like I think you and me have the perspective of it's easy to get wrapped up in the now and say like whatever, what am I going to save five dollars a day? What's what's one hundred fifty bucks a month going to do? Um, but we have the great perspective of seeing clients and seeing like that habit over time over decades of time and then moving into retirement, like what that's helped, what that's done for people. It's huge. It is. And there's small wins that happen. You know, we're, we're coming off the end of a year. Oftentimes people are getting maybe a year in bonus. Um, we're also coming up on tax season right now. So someone might be getting a, a fairly large tax return. You know, the, the question of what do we do with these, these dollars again, with the markets moving up and down, like a yo-yo going up a flight of stairs right now, the, the natural reaction is I want to take this $2,000 tax refund and I'm going to make it into $20,000 instead of thinking, well, gosh, my savings should be at X and boy, this would make a huge dent in, in adding to it and, and getting me up to where I need to be. So we're all getting, we all sometimes get these small wins where we, we get this, we get these funds that come in sometimes unexpected 
Um, and and those are the, that should be the first thing we think about is what should we be doing with that? I just met with a CEO of a hospital and his wife. And the first thing we talked about was you need to have savings. You need to have your savings buffered in such a way so that you can mitigate what's going on right now in the healthcare space, which is very volatile. And that was a little counterintuitive because we thought we were going to talk about investing and, and these exciting ideas. I talked about savings. I mean, how boring is that? But that is absolutely critical to make sure that you are where you need to be if things turn themselves around. You know, I think uh, this is a weird parallel, but I, and I'm, I'm doing this right now. But so I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and Tony Robbins, who's like a pretty well-known, um, I guess, influencer, motivational type person, uh, has been on some of the podcasts recently. And he kind of talks about this idea of priming yourself for success. And, and he sort of shares this notion of like, I give my, you know, 10 minutes per day. And he goes through his whole routine every day of what he does to prime his mind and body and all that for, for success. And he's kind of, his thing is like, if you don't have 10 minutes, if you can't find 10 minutes of your day to set yourself up for success, like that's no life to live. Like you got to be able to find these 10 minutes of your, of your day. And I think priming yourself for success is all you're really doing is making it easy not to fail. Like, it's, it's again, just back to everything you're saying, it's really monumental to make the statement of, I want to save more or, um, I, you know, I want to, I want to buy a home in a year. Like some of these things are pretty monumental goals and they're vague goals, but having financial organization, creating a savings plan, putting money away in an emergency bucket or, or whatever, you know, whatever those goals are, like you're setting things up in such a way that it's making it easy for you not to fail because there's so many roadblocks in your way, right? Like, we, you, okay, so something we always hear in our industry, pay yourself first. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Pay, mm -hmm. pay yourself first because it's, it is it is easy to have a roadblock get in the way and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I didn't do that, but this 150 bucks this month is going to go towards X, Y, Z, whereas somehow you pay yourself first and then you find a way, right? I mean, I, there's, there's something interesting to that, but I do feel like people, um, when they pay themselves first, they find a way to deal with their expenses. Yeah, and I think that I think it's not only applicable for for self-employed business owners, but it's also important for people who who work a normal job and and have a W-2 and have bosses and there's a lot of these things can be applied across the board. And I think once you've identified, all right, I I need to do these things. These are all the, these are all things that that need to be done. Then the next part of this is to stop listening to the noise, which is kind of where we started today talking about where the markets are up and down and all around and you know, we had a huge movement intraday, right? And so if you went to work at 8.30 and you, you weren't able to check CNBC or the computer and you ended the day, you would have thought, oh, it was just a normal market day. And the markets moved up and down by, let's just say, a thousand points. Well, your advisor, i.e. me and John, were back here watching, watching things move up and down and watching these dramatic changes and making sure that everything was in line by looking at your plan that we've created and to make sure that the allocations are, are proper. And if we looked at them at 8.30, they were out of whack. And we look at them at 4, they were perfectly fine again. And so it's to stop listening to the noise and have some trust and faith in the advisor that you work with who is, should be looking at this every day and making sure that your plan is in place. And can there be deviations from a plan? Most definitely. But by having a plan, it allows both you and us to not listen to the noise and to make sure that things are where they're supposed to be, whether we're in a raging bull market or a, a utter bear market where everything is just being decimated, the plan still holds true. 
And again, all it takes is a little bit of work on the upfront of it. I it just I'm I'm laughing because at the beginning of this we said like is the tail wagging the dog, and yesterday is the perfect example of that. You you could have if you were following this at work or on you know checking your phone periodically during the day, you would have seen the markets go. You know the Dow was down a thousand points almost at one point, and the markets ended positive yesterday as of recording this today. They ended positive yesterday. And it's just funny because I uh, I was talking to my, I called my mom yesterday when I was picking up the kids and and she's like, yeah, I haven't watched the news all day. I saw the markets end positive. And I was like, it was just, it was a great conversation because I, I had this moment of like, yes, that's what, it, that's what your life should have been. Like following the news and getting all caught up in this emotion that comes with like, oh my gosh, am I losing money? This is, you know, it's a very visceral feeling of markets are down. What's going on? And all the range of emotion encapsulated in one day, Matt, one day where it was like this huge swing to negative and then this huge swing back and ended up being positive. And for like my mom who said, you know, I just chose not to watch the news today and, and get myself worked up for no reason. I was like, well, boy, it's a good thing you didn't because it was a wild day and it ended up perfectly fine. And, and had you just not looked at anything, you would have said, oh, cool. It was an update yesterday, right? crazy the most common thing we get yeah is like you know friends and family are like wow your phone must have rung off the hook today and i'm like no it 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 actually didn't and we had to reach out to most people to let them know like hey just a quick reminder we're watching this we see what's happening we can't predict the future we don't know tomorrow what the markets are going to do no one does but what we can do is make sure that if we had a plan when it was when times are great that same plan holds true when times are not great and those pivots and small changes we do intra-meeting in, in, in each one of our meetings with our clients. But um, the, the having the plan is what takes the emotion out of the ups and downs. It adds mathematics to it and it takes out emotions because we know that emotionally when the market goes up, we want to add more. And when the market goes down, we want to take money out. And that is the opposite of what behavioral finance teaches us is that you need to take the emotion out of it. And not saying that that's a, a, a linear across the board. I want to make sure that there's always times to make those adjustments. But for the most part, that's the questions we get on a daily basis is, hey, Matt, the market's up. Should we add more to it? And hey, Matt, the market's going down. We should probably sell out of this right now. And it's, it's making sure that we have that conversation of, listen, there's a plan. And that plan will dictate when we make those moves, not our emotions of what we feel like is happening on a day-to-day basis. A uh, couple, couple more questions, Matt, um, and then we'll keep this one brief. But I, everything you just said, it goes back to what we just talked about, like prime yourself for success. Ha- have financial organization, have an idea of what the plan is, meaning how much are we trying to save and what are we trying to save for? Uh, well, having a plan could mean a lot of different things. So, you know, if you have an investment portfolio, it could mean what is, what is the appropriate balance of uh, of investments inside of there, you know, how much should be more risk on and aggressive and how much should be conservative and then making sure we're rebalancing that stuff like that. Um, but financial organization have a plan that primes you for success. What are some other rules that you find might be useful? And I'll give one example and then we can kind of chat about it. But, um, you know, for me, like a rule is if an expense is over $300, and, and this is, you can define this to your family uh, is how much it should be. But if a purchase, if a single purchase is over $300, we wait 24 hours to make the purchase. Because a lot of times impulse buying can be really negative and catastrophic. And we're trying to build these atomic habits, like these little habits of savings. And 
that a $300 purchase could decimate that habit for that, for that month or two. Um, and so we made a rule in our house. We wait 24 hours, you know, we discuss it, maybe we research it, but when we're ready to buy, we wait 24 hours before we make that purchase just to give ourselves the time. Like, are we impulse buying here or is this something that we really need for our family? It's needs versus wants, but what are some, yeah. And we do the same thing, John, but we wait 24 minutes and most of the time (laughs) we just hit the button and no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's a great 24 seconds. 24 seconds like oh, no one said anything i guess i'm buying this um i think that's a good one i also think you know what some of the common things we hear is wow christmas was really expensive boy the the credit card bill is, is rough this month because because we had an expensive christmas and i often say why not that you can't have an expensive christmas not that you can't sh- you know shower your friends and family with gifts and enjoy the holidays um but you know when that's going to be hmm. we know every year when when the holidays are going to roam around whether it's Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating, they happen the same time every year. So why not here now in January, you have your savings built up, you've resumed your your retirement savings and you, you got your, your percentages where you need to be. And now you say, well, we still have a little bit left over. Let's start saving for some of those things that come up in that, that are going to come up this year that we know about, whether it's that vacation, whether it's the holidays, whether it's a birthday. Uh, John, how many savings accounts do you have? <laughs> I have 13. So we, so 13 we, as, as you were else. saying that, I, so we have, and it, but listen, folks, don't get me wrong. It's not like there's like tons of money in all these savings accounts. We save a really, really small dollar amount for holiday gifting. So like right now in January, we put a small amount away each month that by November, December time adds up to what we ultimately want to spend for, you know, our kids and family for gifts and stuff like that. So we have 13 accounts. Cause for me, I'm a visual person. Like I like to see that visual accounting of this is how much we've saved for auto repairs. This is how much we've saved for family vacation. This is how much we've saved for, you know, insert whatever holiday, you know, spending. Yeah. I I have one. I have a single savings account, but I have Excel. I have an Excel spreadsheet that I know what those annual expenses are. I know the uh, HOA, which is paid, you know, quarterly. And I know the Christmas presents and I know the, the three family vacations that we're going to take this year. Those are all predictable amounts. Um, this you know, defines my, two different types of people, Matt. Like anyone who's does, listening well, I mean, to listen. this either falls in one camp or the other. They're like, they heard what I said and they're like, yeah. that's crazy. I just, you know, I want an Excel. They're going down to Chase tomorrow and open or they, yeah, or they heard what I said and they're like, what a great way to separate this out. And we have, you know, one friend who's like an avid listener and she is like, like we are and has all these different savings accounts for the same purpose. And so two different, like Matt and I couldn't be more different in how we do this. But it ultimately comes back to like, what's your plan to find what works for you and then execute on it? Exactly. I find one does the job for me and I, I, I can visualize on a spreadsheet of, oh, here's, that's got a you know fairly decent sum of money towards the end of the year. Well, but, but all that's spent, it's accounted for. I've just been escrowing it um, in a single place. And this is separate from our, our emergency savings. Um, but yeah, there's, there's 92 different ways of doing this. Here's two really good ones. If you're visual, Go down to the bank and open up a ton of savings accounts, each one of them with a specific purpose. John doesn't have 13 because he just likes the number 13. There's 13 different uh, expenses that he's identified. Technically an unlucky number. I should probably round up or round down. I mean, unless you like that. Dan Marino. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that after the show. Um, and I have one single one and I just choose to spread it out, uh, you know, and I can I can see it I can see it in Excel. So uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But that would be one of the tips that I would have is know what those annual expenses are going to be, or at least be able to predict them uh, within within a reasonable amount and start in January right now, 
saving for some of those big ones. And that's going to make that that's going to make that Christmas or that holiday push a little bit easier. And hopefully you're not loading up on the credit cards. Matt, before you uh, before you take us home and, and close us out on today's show, I wanted to do one more one more analogy to everything that we're talking about, which was really eye opening for me. So, again, next week we have Don Verity on the show. Um, and Clean Eats is, uh, it, that's his company. It's like a, a healthy meal delivery service. And Matt, you know, I've been doing, I've been doing Clean Eats for like, I don't know, two years or something. And what I realized, I realized this the other day, actually, like while we were preparing for the show, I was at Chipotle and I was eating a, a Chipotle bowl and they're very similar. Like some of the bowls you eat for Clean Eats, like it's very similar, right? And I'm sitting there eating it and with a drink and, and all that stuff, like it was like 13 bucks. Like that meal was about $13 for my lunch. And, you know, I, I won't. That's because you get the guacamole and you well, get the well, cheese. I, Listen, you always, add, you do the add-ons. and that, that Guacamole is avocado. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's, it's, I know, anyway, it's like two bucks. Though. You're right. You're right, not right. wrong. So, but I, I'm sitting there looking at this and I'm like, oh, that's 13 bucks. And it's basically a pretty similar meal. And I'm probably eating a healthier meal from Clean Eats. And like the math per, I don't know exactly what it breaks down to now as I'm recording this, but it's like six bucks a, a meal with Clean Eats versus a Chipotle bowl. And if you're doing that type of thing every day for lunch, like, ordering lunch, uh, you know, at the office versus bringing it in. I did the math on a daily basis. And then on a monthly basis, it's 140 bucks a month for five days a week. That's 140 bucks a month, which goes back to like the analogy we said at the very beginning of this $5 a day. Where can you find $5 a day for me? It's, it's eating a clean eats bowl instead of going to Chipotle. Um, so anyway, that was just an interesting epiphany I had as we were preparing for this. I'm like, what am I doing spending this? crazy. Well, as as promised, we gave you a heavy dose of finance, a heavy dose of basic finance, and uh, we're so happy to have all of our listeners. Uh, we, we, have, we have done a, a lot of work on this podcast, and we've seen a ton of following, and we want to thank everyone for listening today. On behalf of Mr. John Kennedy, myself, Matt Marcu, and the Rich B, thank you so much for joining us for the last half hour or so, and uh, we look forward to hearing from, from everyone. Hit us up at candorpath.com. Uh, check out our site. And uh, take a look at some of the previous podcasts we have and some upcoming ones uh, that will be coming down the pike. Uh, That's it for us here. Thank you. Bye, guys.